Hello everyone, welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is Monday, March 14th, 2022. So let's just begin with a brief moment of silence to link up with the group of Triangles workers throughout the world. We know, O Lord, of life and love about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love that we too may love and give. Just as a reminder, this week and next week, the webinar is meeting at an earlier time for those who live outside of the United States and Canada, because we've now gone to daylight time. So just as a reminder for next week, um, that we will be meeting an hour earlier. So our purpose each week is to help strengthen the planetary network of triangles this etheric network of light and goodwill by introducing it to new people. And if you are new to this event, we welcome you. And we're here to aid you in the forming of a triangle if you so choose. You can reach out to people through the chat box, through the Triangles Meditation Group Facebook page, and through our website, triangles.org, where you can also find out more information about this work. And we also create a platform whereby those of us who are already members of Triangles can work together in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a daily visualization technique using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform consciousness. The work entails simply establishing a line of lighted energy between three people who agree to vivify that link every day, mentally, spiritually, and in a spirit of goodwill to all humanity. Their triangle is then placed within the larger planetary network of triangles. And as the network is visualized, the great invocation is sounded in order to release and circulate spiritual energies throughout the etheric network of the planet. And so the work only takes a few minutes each day and it can therefore be fit into even the busiest of schedules. And so again, if you'd like to form a triangle, please do so. And today, after our meditation, we will hear from one of our longtime presenters, longtime co-workers in Triangles, Clarence Harvey from the UK. And he'll be sharing on the topic, the feet of the disciple. So Clarence's talks are always most illuminating, so we look forward to hearing from him. And now, as we always do, 
Let's begin with a brief visualization to set the note for our work. So let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And within that sphere, visualize a triangle composed of the three planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle from point to point, merging and blending the three points and filling the triangle with light. And now superimpose upon the triangle an indigo five-pointed star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energies of love wisdom. At each point of the star, the sphere of his activity stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center through the five points. London, Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, Tokyo. Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth. Project a rainbow bridge of energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the invocation of light. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. 
we reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day. Frankl's teaches us the technique of bringing harmony out of chaos, light out of darkness, a synthesis that moves beyond division. And we can apply this understanding as we contemplate the following quotation from Cosmic Fire. We're talking about how planet how triangles exist at all levels of consciousness from the great stars that transcend the cosmos to the constellational lives, to the rays, to the planets, and an intermingling between all things that work out in our world, within the nations of the world, within humanity. And the quote says, in all these triangles, cosmic, systemic, planetary, and human, two points of the triangle represent each a different polarity, and one point represents the point of equilibrium, of synthesis, or merging. This should be borne in mind in studying both the macrocosmic and the microcosmic centers for it accounts for diversity in manifestation, in forms, and in quality. So bringing this down to our world, to this time, perhaps we can bring to our consciousness this idea of creating synthesis out of differing points of view by working with perhaps a triangle wherein the synthetic point is the spiritual hierarchy of the planet and the two base points, Ukraine and Russia, and then visualizing in the center of that triangle, the five pointed star of the world teacher. Perhaps as we work with that synthetic point, we can help contribute our part in finding a resolution to the current situation. For when we consider humanity, it's always helpful to keep in the forefront of our minds that we, with our many problems, are not alone in solving those problems to which we are subject. The planetary centers of both hierarchy and Shambhala are ever available to reach out and provide the subjective support so that the planetary purpose, which is the next step in the plan, can work out. And there's another quote that 
really highlights this great chain of hierarchy and the support that we're given to the extent that we build the inner bridge within consciousness. It's very hopeful. From the highest spiritual being upon our planet, through the graded spiritual groups of enlightened and perfected men who work upon the inner side of life, on into the outer world of daily living, where thinking, loving men and women serve, the tide of the new life sweeps. The plan is ready for immediate application and intelligent implementing. The workers are there and the power to work is adequate to the need. That quote earlier that I read about the triangles um, was a post that we shared on our Friday Instagram post. So if you'd like to help support that work, which each day sends out a pertinent quote from the Ageless Wisdom teachings, you can join our Instagram page. And as we, most of us probably know, we're working towards the Pisces full moon, which occurs early, very early in the morning on Friday here in the States. And as mentioned, this full moon is perhaps one of the most potent, although we always focus on the higher interlude, we do know that this energy of Pisces is a synthetic culminating sign. So as we were just speaking about the need for synthesis, we have that in full measure when we consider this sign of Pisces, which takes the energies and the qualities and the strengths and the gifts of each of the 12 signs, including the gifts of Pisces, and presents it in a great synthetic outpouring, which contributes to releasing the spiritual light and love within humanity. Its keynote, I leave the father's home and turning back I save, links Pisces with this highest center, which sometimes this depiction of Mount Kailash is considered the repository of spiritual will on the planet, symbolically speaking. But we also know that Pisces, through its powerful inlet, to the second ray brings in the potent energy of the Christ, of love wisdom, of the Savior. The Savior who stands ready to enter into this world of pain and chaos as soon as humanity demonstrates its willingness to do the necessary house cleaning in the fields of politics, religion, and peace building. And although viewing the present world situation through the lens of this moment in time, we might think that we're far from the implementation of these necessary prerequisites. Yet there are many hopeful signs simmering beneath the surface of these outer events that can give strength and joy to the new group of world servers, the qualities that we're told 
they need in order to fulfill their task. And also we know that we're always given help from the higher center on our planet, from the cosmos itself, because we know that our Logos stands ready to um, channel, serve as a channel for these cosmic alignments that are always shifting and changing in the heaven, within the heavens. And right now there's a very powerful one forming um, between the two, two of the planetary rulers of this sign of Pisces, which happen to be in the sign of Pisces, this highlighting, this synthetic sign at this powerful point of entry into the three spiritual festivals. So these two rulers are Jupiter, which is the exoteric ruler, the great second ray planet of love wisdom, and also Neptune, which has been recognized by exoteric astrologers as well as a, a new ruler in Pisces. And this influence was picked up by the disciple Alan Leo, a theosophical astrologer in the last century. The Tibetan said he didn't even realize the immensity and enormity of the discovery. The Tibetan says Neptune focuses the influence of Pisces as it concerns humanity as a whole and not just the individual man. But this only takes place towards the final stages of the path of discipleship. Today, humanity is moving rapidly towards the position of the world disciple. And intuiting this, Alan Leo suggested Neptune as an alternative to Jupiter. So when we have those two planets, those two very powerfully aligned second-ray planets, because Neptune is the second-ray planet of the synthesizing planets. It's powerful second-ray distributor. So you can imagine the potency, the synthetic potency of Neptune, Pisces, augmented by Jupiter coming into alignment with that. Four days, the exact alignment will be four days before the Aries full moon, which gives us a potent influx of the energy of the Christ to bless and inaugurate our three spiritual festivals work this year. So we have a lot of love to work with today and at this time. So let's work together in our meditation. Working together, integrating as a group, focusing ourselves at the center of the evened arm cross of discipleship on the mental plane, linking as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working with this Triangles Meditation Group. 
project a line of lighted energy towards the highest center, Shambhala, and sound together the affirmation will. In the center of the will of God, I stand. Not shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the worldwide triangles network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love which underlies and infuses the network. Lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the spiritual hierarchy and also at the heart of each triangle. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the Triangles Network.
Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human relationships. Sound together the mantra of unification. Projecting a line of light towards the hierarchy, we say, the sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet alight with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocation, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. from the point of light within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. 
May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Hello, Clarence. Oh, Kathy. All right, welcome. And I'm going to, you can share, share your screen. Okay. Are we there? Yes. Yeah. Great. Okay. Wonderful. Well, thank you again for uh, inviting me and allowing me to share a few thoughts um, <clears throat> on the theme of the feet of the disciple. Um, it's actually a bigger topic, <laughs> I think, than, than I realized um, would emerge as I was doing this. Um, but I hope that what I've, um, the thoughts that I've put together will be uh, helpful for people, uh, useful. They might resonate with some of the ideas. So, um, the astrological glyph for the sign of Pisces, um, we know that the sun is in Pisces um, at this time, it's said to be in Pisces, and the glyph for Pisces is usually interpreted as representing two fishes um, linked by a thread or sometimes shown as a bar and pulling in opposite directions. The two fishes are said to represent the personality and the soul aspects of an individual heading in opposite life directions. Since Pisces rules the feet, 
The two fishes of Pisces can also be read as two feet facing in opposite directions. It is actually interesting, I, I think, at times to, to just recognize the associations that have been made over time between the different signs and different um, parts or areas of the human body. So in this case, Pisces and the feet. So these two feet, if, if we take them as feet in the, in the glyph, facing in opposite directions, uh, the feet of the ordinary personality and the feet of the person who responds to the tug or pull of the soul life. It seems appropriate timing to use this period with the sun in Pisces to apply our attention to the feet, recognizing as we do so that energy follows thought. So in choosing the title for this exploration today, I recognize that in the context of the Western world especially, the term or the, the phrase, the feet of the disciple could easily evoke images from a Christian perspective. Here, one prominent image that might be that of Jesus, whatever Jesus actually looked like, washing the feet of his disciples during the Last Supper. But in fact, the importance of feet in terms of health and well-being is almost universally recognized. And it, it is worthwhile to take a look at how this shows up across cultures and time. I'll have a brief, briefer look. Human feet are sensitive and our concern for protecting our feet from harm led to the almost universal practice of wearing shoes in our times. No other life form on earth does this. It's probably true that for most people in our modern world, apart from the very poor or certain athletes, such as swimmers and gymnasts, etc., a great part of our daily lives is spent with shoes covering our feet and insulating us from direct contact with the ground. The feet of humanity only occasionally makes direct skin contact with the earth. You might wonder if in our effort to protect our feet and our use, our use of footwear reflects and perhaps supports a general disconnection from nature and a general loss of ability to physically, emotionally, and mentally feel the reality of the livingness of our planet. The fact that Pisces rules the feet suggests that there is a great spiritual sensitivity latent in the feet of humanity, a sensitivity that needs to be consciously awakened if humanity as a whole is to move forward onto the path of enlightenment. As is demonstrated in practices such as reflexology, the feet hold tremendous potential for our overall health and well-being. But they may also hold a secret of progress for humanity as the collective world disciple. One health website makes the following comment. Feet are full of the most sensitive nerve endings and body energy centers. All body systems flow through the feet. But when was the last time you took proper care of your feet? Now, whether partly for commercial profit or purely health reasons, in recent years, there has been a trend to encouraging people to walk barefoot on the natural earth. Perhaps this is a positive sign that humanity is beginning to respond to the call of the path that aligns and reharmonizes us with the earth that is our home. 
we can extract from these thoughts the idea that we can each do something about the nature of our own two feet. And that at a deeper level, this doing of something relates to the ability of disciples in the new age to work consciously with light and love and with the grounding of power in world service. Imagine, for example, the difference in our planet if the feet of humanity were increasingly becoming the feet of human beings with bodhisattva soul consciousness. A few questions might come to mind. For me, some of those that came up were at the close of this Piscean era. What is the condition of the collective feet of humanity? In which direction are these feet facing? And, and can humanity be helped to change the direction in which its feet are pointing? What, if any, difference is there between the collective feet of the world, aspirants and disciples on the one hand, and on the other, those of humanity in general? What practices do we personally have that keep our feet attuned to the path? Can our own feet become better imbued with love and light? And in achieving this, begin to become feet that ground the presence of the power of the coming one? To what extent are these feet of disciples in the world today helping to ground the path of enlightened living so humanity begins a more conscious journey into its soul nature, its bodhisattva nature? I'm using the term bodhisattva here um, to help bridge our thinking into what is said in Eastern philosophies and belief systems about the connection between the feet and signs of bodhisattva presence or spiritual unfoldment. Pervading Eastern philosophy and religion for thousands of years, the idea of lotus feet is a metaphor for the presence of the divine, of the gods, saints, and other exalted spiritual beings. The feet of Vishnu, for example, are always qualified as being lotus feet. We encounter ideas such as that meditating on his feet gives security and safe protection from all sorts of fear, or that all spiritual fruits come into being after first blossoming at the soles of his feet. Indian art depicts certain auspicious marks on the sole of the feet of divine beings. For example, as we can see some of them here, the conch, the flag, a fish, half moon, flower, a creeper plant, plow, etc. These marks provide symbols for meditative attention. It is useful to recognize, of course, that the differentiation between ordinary human feet, the feet of the disciple, the feet of the bodhisattva, and onward, implies a graded series of spiritualization of the feet. Attention to our physical feet is a turning of the energy of thought into the feet. The feet become not only symbols for where and how we stand, 
but for our moral, ethical, and spiritual standing in the world. A person's psychological feet may be dominated by physical realities, emotional experience, or mental life. The awakening of buddhi or soul energy in the feet is rare, but possible. And in our triangles work each Monday, as today we have done, we affirm the possibility of learning to stand not only in light and love, but in the center of the will of God, the center where the will of God is known. There appear to be two basic actions that disciples of all grades perform with their feet. The first is standing or planting their feet on the earth. And the second is walking on the path. These two functions of the feet in relation to the Tao or path are summed up in the famous quotation from the Tao Te Ching of Lao Tzu. A journey of a thousand li begins beneath the feet. We probably more often find it translated as a journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. In the books of Alice Bailey, students of the soul life are often encouraged to stand and to stand in different ways and psychological locations. Here are a few examples. Stand steady and know that you're not alone. Stand steady therefore, and permit no thoughts of hatred and fear to find lodging in your mind. Stand firmly for good, looking for it in all peoples and races, and thus seek to swell the rising tide of those who aspire to right human relations. To stand steady in the light, to rest in pure being, and to become the true observer. These qualities of steadiness with the intent to reflect light, of centralization of the self, and of right observation are essential to this group. And thus I stand. Symbolically, once humanity has taken that first conscious step onto the path of enlightenment, we are following in the 108 steps that are said to lead to Buddhahood. In the Great Invocation, interestingly, the 108th word is power. It is interesting to consider how standing in this 108th position, we can choose to attune our feet to the downflow of the power of the spiritual hierarchy. And so find ourselves increasingly serving as disciples empowered to help restore the planet on earth with appropriate, <coughs> excuse me, with appropriate activities in current world conditions. If the feet of disciples are imbued with the power of the Bodhisattva, they become feet that vibrate differently on the earth. 
There is an amazing quality of vibration that results from the conscious tuning of the feet so that the energy from the highest center, Shambhala, finds a path of intentional grounding in the earth through humanity. Perhaps this possibility can encourage a deepening of our use of the affirmation of the will. In the, <coughs> in the center of the will of God, I stand. We can see emerging a future humanity which has learned to stand between heaven and earth, so to speak, rightly aligned to and in tune with divine purpose. The feet of disciples today can collectively affirm this direction of progress for humanity as a whole. To achieve such feet, we have many tools at our disposal, amongst which is the joyful discipline standing in triangles formation as a worldwide group of people committed to the life of soul service. Perhaps we can visualize our Triangle's co-workers consciously standing with us, our three pairs of feet acting as physicalized declarations of the presence of disciples on earth, forerunners of the time when humanity as a whole will effectively function as the world disciple. Standing in this way, the feedback resonance from the earth would lend power to the radiation of the given triangle unit that can take up this Tai Chi stance. A power that would unite with the resonance of the triangles network as a whole and augment the vibratory notes of light and love in humanity. So standing as we are now with the sun in Pisces, we can grasp the thought that the streaming of light into human minds and of love into human hearts is intended to find a grounding outlet through the feet of humanity. And we have the joy of being able to help in making this possibility a reality. I'd like to end by drawing attention to the words of that ancient sacred prayer known as the Gayatri. O thou, who givest sustenance to the universe, from whom all things proceed and to whom all things return. Unveil to us the face of the true spiritual sun, veiled by a disk of golden light, so that we may know the truth and do our whole duty as we journey to thy sacred feet. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much, Clarence. It was beautifully expressed. And so maybe we could open it up to any comments and questions that the group might like to share, preferably audibly by raising your hands. But also there are some Chat's already posted in the chat box, Clarence, if you'd like to re read a few of them. Okay, I think, oh, I was just wondering if I had to close mine to see. 
Okay. Um, I think this may be the first one I'm, I'm seeing here. Ellie notes that there's a whole science of grounding or earthing that is re-emerging. Ions flow from the earth into the human body and our plastic souls cut humans off from that regular flow. Uh, yes, um, I, I came across this a, a few years ago um, that it's not just uh, an encouraging of people that it's nice or good to go barefoot sometimes, but actually research being done to support the, the that there is some kind of energy flow or inflow into the human body or an energy impact in terms of ions and, and so on. Um, and that it's supposed to help in health terms with inflammation and, and all kinds of things. So it's easy enough to Google that and people can look for that. But definitely for me, that's an encouraging sign. Thank you, Ellie. And Angela says that exactly in reflexology, done using acupressure on the area shown in the diagram is very healing. A hand can be used if necessary, but the foot is preferred. I presume by that you mean you can you can do the acupressure on the hand. But um, <laughs> it, just, it just made me think of uh, once I, I, I had a, um, a reflexology session quite a number of years ago uh, when I was teaching. The, the, um, the leadership at the school decided that the staff deserved a little bit of a treat. So we had uh, various health things going on um, uh, on one of our staff development sessions. And I chose for, to have a session of reflexology, my first and only experience with it. Um, I finished that I was like walking on air through the corridors and wondering how I would come down to be able to go and teach. <laughs> so um, it, reflexology certainly has um, what I found very, very uh, interesting uh, experience. Ellie says also that of Northern Native Americans almost always refused a chair. They wanted to sit the sacrum on the ground. Another native practice uh, to let the sternum on the earth in an embrace with the great mother, to lay the sternum, thank you. Yeah. Isabella says that uh, we connect here alpha and omega, the crown and the feet. Thank you and do in and, and do so in line, I think, with Kathy's inspiring Pisces full moon preparation. Thank you both. I think that that point about the crown and the feet is um, is one that's worth paying attention to if, if, if it's not something that we're familiar with. That I suppose in one way, one aspect, and I'm not saying this is the only thing, but to, in a way, whatever is the highest that we, we, we see, we intuit, that we aspire to be in touch with, to actually see ourselves as, as standing there in that place and that, that in stretching upwards to meet that, there is also a downflow that eventually can really be grounded. If we reach upwards into the sacred, then our real task is to bring that sacred down, right down into the earth. And, I, and for me, that's part of growing into that fullest recognition of our earth as a sacred planet. 
Because if you're really living, we ourselves with that consciousness of living on a sacred planet and within the atmosphere of a sacred planet, all those things that we do that are so wrong and misaligned and disharmonious, they'd, they'd fall away. <laughs> so yes, thank you, Isabel. Matthew notes um, that one of the practices often given in esoteric schools is to bring down the higher light through oneself and ground this light through your feet into the earth. Another practice is to be conscious of every step you take. And another practice is to stand in the light. I think it's really um, worth when we meet those practices or ideas and thoughts for the first time to see which resonates for us and to take our steps in, in that direction because it really is a, a learning of what works. And sometimes we are familiar with an idea for, for many years before we really, before in a way it grounds in us until we recognize it's not just an idea or an aspiration, but it is it is the reality of our experience. And we didn't we didn't invent it. <laughs> it is something that is sometimes so obvious. But to actually know it and ground it for ourselves. Um, so yes, those are wonderful um, practices. Patricia knows that she's a reflexologist and that health conditions show up on the feet before they manifest in the physical body. Hmm. I came across the notion many years ago that um, to look after the feet is almost the most important way of, of supporting the health of the entire body and then not just the physical body. Um, so if, if we actually learn or have help in seeing things appearing in the feet that can be treated early before they show up deeper, then that's wonderful. A number of um, thank yous and expressions um, of appreciation. So thank you all for, for all of those. Um, I certainly won't have time to see them all now, but um, thank you indeed. Uh, VN says that in the writings of Agni Yoga, it is often written that all that humankind is destined to accomplish must be by human hands and human feet. In other words, humankind must do the necessary work. Um, I'm not familiar with that. Um, you say it's often written as well. So I'm gonna look for that because I think it, it, there's an importance here that I'm not even sure that I've touched on <laughs> um, today. This question of using our vehicles, our planetary bodies, right down into the feet and in linking it with Agni Yoga, uh, as, as probably we know, Agni is to do with fire. So there's something about our feet being able to stand on the earth. And if we stand on the earth rightly, then it's only a matter of time before we find that the other elements 
are also part of our learning to stand, to stand in the water, to stand on the water, to walk in the fire, to stand in the fire rightly. You know, there's an image of uh, the feet of Hermes, Mercury, the wings on the feet. Seems to suggest the capacity to move through the air at will. So there's a freedom, the liberating of the, the soul and the mind and the intuition that happens. And the mark in the feet, uh, the mark of the messenger in the feet, is the phrase that comes to mind. So, yeah. Um, Massages are made in Ayurveda with the feet. Um, I see here. Uh, and uh, yep. Sam Jones reminds that there's a meeting about meditating on the great invocation using a line a month. Um, maybe I should say that this, uh, putting this together, although I haven't referred directly to it, using the line a month, um, the line in the great invocation uh, associated with with Pisces in in that um, approach is and may it seal the door where evil dwells um, and it is one that is worth pondering on and and maybe considering in what way this might be associated with feet that can draw down from the the crown and the head center because. It seems to me that one of the things that can happen is we recognize that from the feet, Pisces, the movement of the sun is into Aries, which rules the head and is therefore associated with the crown center. So there is a, a like a closing of the, the cycle. If, if where we stand now is a full fruition of the highest uh, energies of our highest aspiration, our highest achievements, and we can really ground those. And each year we're in a journey of grounding um, and, and, and that it's not a, a, a one line. It's, it, it is a, there are peaks and, and, uh, and valleys in this journey around the wheel. So thank you for making that connection, Sam. Hmm. Pisces and its holiness to the feet, Risa mentions. There is a novena to the holy feet of Jesus. In Hinduism, we bring prayers to the sacred feet of the teacher. Santana Star says, as the practitioner of reflexology, all the organs, systems, and meridians and chakras are energy points of the feet. There are 5,200 nerve endings on the feet. The reflex points are on the hands as well. I appreciated what you said, Ray, grounding the energy of Shambhala through the crown and base and feet into the earth and assimilating the crown of the earth that vitalizes the body. To tread the path of discipleship, we need to focus on Ajna, the point of integration, and walk the path through the winged feet of Mercury, the ruler of Ajna and the messenger of the gods. There's a lot in there. <laughs> um, and yes, I think all the, the one I'd pick out is, is this question of grounding the energy of Shambhala. I think it's 
that that thought does require holding um, well, carefully, and, and, and like a sacred thought. And the part of it that maybe draws me is that Shambhala represents the the power of synthesis and the whole. And it is said that the Shambhala energy will work out through humanity on the mass scale, on the large scale. I actually think that it takes all of our feet collectively to ground that energy properly, the energy of Shambhala. In other words, it's only through the whole of humanity. And perhaps this touches a little on the work of the Bodhisattvas who commit to serving until every last sentient being is redeemed, saved, and lifted in consciousness. So I'm going to stop there. Um, I'm sorry if there's there are any thoughts that are missed um, in in that the people have shared in the chat, but I think our time is is pretty much up. Well, thank you very much, Clarence, and thank you all for your participation. And I will forward the chat to you so you can read all the comments. Thank you so much, Kathy. Thank you. So let's just close with a brief moment of silence to visualize the planet surrounded by a network of triangles. Thank you.